good evening. It is so good to get to be together um, again tonight. Man, I absolutely needed this morning. Um, if you were here this morning, you were blessed in a lot of ways. Uh, we had an entire uh, morning that was so unity-focused. Um, Wayne Reeves led us in songs that just focused our mind on unity. Um, Kent Berman brought us a, a beautiful message uh, during the Lord's Supper that focused our minds on the unity in the Lord's Supper. And Ben Hogan spoke on unity uh, as well. And it was just a, a morning where I couldn't help but stand back and say, isn't the church beautiful? Isn't it a, an amazing place to get to work together in the kingdom? Um, and so this evening, I, we're actually going to, we're not going to fully kind of sit in a unity um, topic altogether, but I think that as we get into what we're going to be looking at tonight, what we're going to kind of come to a conclusion of is if we let this passage uh, in 1 Timothy 4, which is where we're going to be tonight, if we let this passage uh, sit on our, our minds, I think that it is kind of a little bit of a unity passage in a way. And so I'm excited to present that, and we've kind of just indirectly had an entire day themed around unity, which I'm very, very thankful for. Uh, like I mentioned before, we're in 1 Timothy 4 tonight. We are going to entirely dwell in 1 Timothy 4. We're not leaving it, uh, not even one time. So just if you want to open your Bibles and stay there, that's where we're going to be. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to start in 1 Timothy 4 uh, in verse 12. And there is a very famous passage of scripture that, that I hear often in verse 12. And, and Let's just start out by, by looking at this as we begin. This is one that, that we hear a lot. It says in the beginning of verse 12, Let no one despise you for your youth. Stop. Now, the reason why I want us to stop here is because I hear this verse quoted a lot. And almost exclusively when I hear it quoted, this is what I hear quoted. I'm 26 years old currently. Ten years ago, I was 16 years old. I would have been a youth group age. Uh, but I have been told this verse so many times when I'm feeling discouraged. I remember at one point, I was sitting at a table uh, with somebody, and I was, I was feeling down. And I just said, you know what? I was, I, I was young in youth ministry. I was probably 22 or 23 at this point. I said, I just don't feel like anyone really cares what I have to say. And that person looked at me, and they said, Ben, let no one despise you for your youth. And I said, you're right. They must respect me. I, look what the verse says in 1 Timothy 4.12. I deserve respect. And I've been at many youth rallies uh, while I was in the youth group growing up. And at a point today when you're a teenager and the, the youth rally leader is standing up there in his skinny jeans and denim jacket. And he sits there and he, he says a phrase like, like, look at all you teenagers out there. People are going to try to tell you you're nothing. But don't worry. Don't let anyone despise you for your youth. And they sit here and they, they quote this verse and all the teenagers just get so happy because they're like, oh man, my parents have to listen to me now. And, and they sit there and respond to it that way. Um, and, and here's the thing though, is that I think, and for those of you who are older and, and wiser and have been around a little bit, uh, uh, you probably can step back and say, you know what, if we just remain here and say, let no one despise you for your youth, we are vastly pulling this statement out of context. Because truthfully, and I would like to, to present a little bit, and, and I don't know if this is uh, 
I would like to present a concept tonight that those, if we casually read this to anyone and throw it out there towards people in general, that we are vastly taken out of context and many people do not deserve this statement of let no one despise you for your youth to be spoken to them. As a matter of fact, when I read this passage in the context of 1 Timothy 4, what I generally kind of step back and realize is that every time I heard a youth rally leader say this to me when I was 16 years old, I was so far away from the person that is described in 1 Timothy 4. I would sit there and say that the person I, I was in high school and, and potentially, uh, I, I'm working on myself daily, but potentially some of you would say the person I am now might not deserve this. Because in the midst of this passage, um, we are going to see it addressing somebody who is a very specific type of life liver. Uh, and so here's what I, I want us to do tonight. We're, we're going to, uh, there's those of us who are in our like 30s and younger. Um, by the way, most scholars believe that Timothy would have been in his 30s or younger. Um, definitely in that age range when this was being written to him. Uh, and so... We're going to kind of get to look at this from a 30s and younger perspective. So I imagine that there are many in this room who are 30s and younger, and there are many who are 40s and older. And so that's kind of the two age groups we're going to look at tonight. And so what I want us to do as we go through this is I want us to look at, okay, if I want to be somebody who's in my 30s or younger, who can let, not, let no one despise you for your youth really apply to me, what is my life going to look like? If I want everyone who's in that 40s and older category to sit there and say, you know what, we got to respect this person and, and acknowledge their statements, what can I live like? Here's the other thing. If you are in the 40s and older category, I want you to let your mind sit on people in this congregation who are living this out daily. And what I think you will find is that many are. Verse 10 is going to lead us into this verse. Uh, it says, for to this end, this is talking about the, the person who this is going to be referencing. Uh, in verse 10, for to this end we toil and we strive because, and who is this person? We have our hope set on the living God, who is the Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. I want us to, to, to begin by saying, okay, who is this person that we're referencing? The person that, that we can say, let no one despise you for youth, is going to be somebody who is going to have their hope set on the living God. And then we continue on at, in all of verse 12 and verse 13. Let no one despise you for your youth. So we see that, that famous little passage right there. But what is the entire context of what we're going to see? Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers... This is a person who's in their 30s or younger. The good old Timothy age, right? But set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Now, I sit there and I read that. And I'm immediately a little bit taken aback, like, that is a really difficult thing 
to live out. But what Paul is sitting here writing down, obviously inspired by the, uh, by the Spirit, is he's sitting here saying, look, those who are young, those who are people who, who are, are living in Jesus, those who have the hope of Christ, this is the life that you should be seeking if you are not to be despised in your ideas. Now, obviously this is great for everyone in the congregation to be devoting themselves to, but those who are young should be devoting themselves to this. And I want you to allow your mind to think about, and maybe you're in this age range, um, but I want you to let your mind to think about the beauty of somebody who's in their 30s and younger living this out in the day-to-day life and what we as Christians would think about this person. The person who is, is, is in a place where they are setting an example of godly speech, where their conduct is holy, where they love everyone, where they have strong faith, where they're pure in mind and body, and they're devoting themselves to the reading of Scripture. They're urging each other to be faithful. They're focusing on teaching in general. And I want us to just stop and think about what we would think about that person. And maybe there are people in this room right now in that age category who fit that well. And you can sit there and say, so-and-so is living that out every single day. And I am so thankful that they're a part of the body here at Buford. But I want us to think about what that takes. Let the practicality of what is being asked out of these younger believers set in. Because there is not this casual Christianity that can be happening if all of these things are taking place. Especially for somebody who's dealing with young children running around like maniacs, right? Like this is something where this has to be a, a absolutely spirit-filled life where it is a, a purposeful striving for the gospel. It, it isn't an accidental holiness that you see this young person living out. No, it is a purpose-driven holiness. And what I want us to do briefly is I want us to walk through and say, okay, If we're going to look at this idea of let no one despise you for your youth, for younger members, how can we get to a point where that's going to be in context for us and where that's applying to us? And for older members, how can we know who to look for that's in that category? Uh, What does this look like? I want us to break down, after he says, let no one despise you for your youth, what is the example of the person who's going to be living there? It begins by saying that somebody who is living this out is purposefully censoring their speech. James would say this is, uh, this is nearly impossible, right? It's somebody who has somehow maintained to say, I am censoring the gossip. I'm cleaning gossip out of my speech every single day. I've cleaned the foul language out of my speech every single day. I've cleaned, uh, I've purified my lips from lying. And I've said lying is not going to be a part of who I am. Uh, I've I've said, okay, I'm going to take crude joking and I'm going to toss it to the side and it's not going to be a part of who I am anymore. It's an individual who is purposely censoring their speech. And I think that if you're a human being, hello, that is myself and, and most likely you, uh, that, that, that this is a very difficult thing to do, right? Older members even struggle with this constantly. Um, I, I could quote some of my grandmother's quotes, but they probably wouldn't be appropriate for the room, right? Like this is, this is crazy uh, how difficult it is to censor our speech. 
I, I think I've told this story to the youth before. This idea doesn't just stop casually. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I had an altercation with my mother. I'm a natural irritator. Um, and, if you, uh, and if you're one of the people who's cursed for me to irritate you, then you know this. Um, and there are certain people I can irritate more than others. My mother is one of them. And for some reason, I was irritating my mom already, not censoring my speech. Bad decision all the way around. But I was, we were in this disagreement, and, um, and my mom responded to my irritating in a way that uh, was unholy. She would tell you it was unholy. She did repent of this. But in my teenage years, in my 16-year-old, I think I was 16 or 17, in that self, as I was marching up the stairs in anger, I looked at her and said, Real holy, Mom. You're really great, aren't you? And reacted to her. There I was sitting there saying, you don't have a right to tell me all these different things. You can't despise me for my youth. I haven't a right to an opinion. And I sat there and I lashed back at her and irritated her and, and, and pushed her into sin. And then I reacted in sin. In that moment, you know what I didn't deserve? I didn't deserve for an older member of the Lord's body to look at me and say, I respect you and all your thoughts and opinions. Because in this moment, I was somebody who was living so far from the Spirit. I was living way outside of it. And my mom was just in a place where, if I recall in that moment, she was trying to push me to holiness. And instead, I pushed her out of it, and I took myself out of it as well. And it single-handedly my let no one despise you for your youth pitch. Uh, the next one that it mentions here is... But set, the, uh, but set the believers an example in conduct. Now, this is like this idea of living with good behavior. It's weird to look at a group of adults and be like, we must behave. It's a good thing to behave. Uh, because that just feels like you're speaking to a child a little bit. Uh, but I know that as an adult, I struggle with this. Um, specifically, maybe you go to a, you're on the road and somebody cuts you off in traffic. Um, and the natural reaction is slam on the horn, throw the hands in the air, make sure they know that you're angry, that type of thing. Setting out that behavior that's maybe not pure. Um, I, I had a photo taken of me one time when I was at a sporting event. I didn't know this photo was taken of me. Um, and the next place I saw it was in the Tennessean, which is the largest newspaper in the state of Tennessee that's both online and in print. And this is the photo that came out of that, that moment. Um, and in this moment, you'll notice most other people are sitting. I was not. I was standing up with my arms out, shouting something angrily at what was happening in this hockey game in this moment. I look back and I say, you know what? That was really bad conduct. Ironically, uh, the, uh, this is a side I shouldn't even share. Jeff Fisher, the old NFL coach, had season tickets right next to where we sat uh, in those games. And he did not renew his season tickets the next year. And I'm confident it's because I did this all season. I had bad conduct. And so I was sitting there in this moment where I, I had a, a life that was not showing good conduct. In those moments, I definitely did not deserve for somebody to look at me and say, you know what, I, I am going to respect you and respect your opinion. Here's the thing. My natural reaction to things that I'm interacting with people on on a day-to-day -day basis is going to be poor conduct. Maybe that's not your natural reaction. 
Maybe your natural reaction is great conduct, but if I'm going to live with good conduct in a day-to-day life when I'm interacting with people, what it's going to take is a very purposeful, intentional lifestyle of living with conduct in every single moment that is holy and good. The next one it mentions is to love people around me. We could spend way too much, we could spend a lot of time on this because it's, it's so broad, but this is something where, hey, have I decided to love everyone around me? Have I made that decision that the person that seems like I want to hate them is actually going to be someone who receives love from me? It then brings up this idea of faith. Have I allowed myself to have a purposeful faith? one that drives who I am, where every decision that I make is because I have a relationship with my Savior. And I have such a faith in him, I have such a a confidence in the promise that he has given to me, a faith in that promise that I have said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm flipping my life around. Everything about who I am, everything about who I want to be is in Jesus Christ. It's a faith that changes everything about who I am. And then mentions purity, Um, and purity is difficult and purposeful. I think it's interesting, this is written to Timothy, who is younger. Um, I was going to, as I was preparing for this lesson, let this be a point where we addressed, hey, abstain from from the sins of the world, abstain abstain from, from all the things that can distract us and corrupt our minds. And then I looked at the Greek definition, which... Is, is really a specific word referencing sexual purity. And, and I, it was hard to sit there and, and go different directions with this when it was a pretty clear Greek word that's only used twice in Scripture. And it's almost like Paul is sitting here and he's writing this, and he says, hey, young people, you are at a stage in life where this is going to be incredibly difficult for you. If you want to be somebody that older Christians look at and respect, if you want to be somebody that is, is known to be somebody who's living a holy life, you have to make sure that you're staying sexually pure. If you are in a marriage, that, you're, that, that life stays only inside that marriage and there is purity inside of that. And if you're not, to stay totally away from all these things. It then goes on and says, devote yourself to the public reading of scriptures. The public reading of scriptures uh, is, is in this time would have been a regular feature in early worship and a tradition in religious ed- education. Uh, this is something where, where they would sit there and come together. What they would do is they would read scriptures out loud. So instead of this just simply being a, hey, you know what we need to do as young believers or as believers in general is just sit there and read together, although that would be great. This is more of a reference to saying, hey, make sure you're gathering together when you have an opportunity. I think it's amazing to look around at a group that has said, you know what, I'm back on a Sunday night. I'm back on a Sunday night when uh, the normal thing in the world is to not be back on a Sunday night. I'm back on a Sunday night when, um, and I feel like this is maybe a little bit too aggressive, but when we look around the room, like many others have not made the decision to be back on a Sunday night. Like those of us who are here are in a place where, hey, we've kind of made the decision to devote ourselves to the worship service with our brothers and sisters in Christ. If young people are made, by the way, older members, we're about to get to you guys in a second, how we can respond to some of this. If you look around this room and you're looking at people in their 30s and younger, if they're making it a priority to be here, they might, they might be on track to be at a place where let no one despise you. 
for your youth. That's a, a, a tip. We're going to come back to that in just a minute. It's a beautiful thing. It says, devote yourself to exhortation. Urge people to do what's right. Um, this Greek word says, hey, refer to encouragement that helps a person take the right course of action. It's not easy. It's purposeful. Once again, we're talking about a purpose-driven faith that is difficult for a young person to push themselves towards. And it says, devote yourself to teaching. Allow yourself to understand what is happening so that you can teach others. Now, I want us to pause. That was a lot really quickly. Um, and, and I do, uh, and I, I understand that. But all of this, all those things that, that we just sat there and looked at, the things that are a call to people uh, to, to live, to set an example of themselves in, is in direct context and follow-up of, do not let anyone despise you for your youth. So, set yourself to be all of these things. If we are sitting here saying, I don't want people to, and, and I say we, talking as somebody who's in that 30s and younger group. If I want to be something that has those who are older sit there and say, that Ben McGreevy kid, which I don't know if people still look at a 26-year-old as a kid. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. Depends on your age, probably. That, that Ben McGreevy dude, like, I can respect him. If I want people to say that about me, then I need to be somebody who is seeking these things in my life purposefully and daily. I have to be somebody who's seeking a life of spirit-dwelling holiness. And that's where I have to sit there and set my mind to these things and set my actions to these things. Now, here's the reality. If you are an individual who's in that 40s and up group, uh, I'm not going to call you old. I, don't, I won't call you older members. Uh, if you're in that 40s and up group, right, what, what, I, what you're probably sitting there thinking is, here's the deal, though. I remember being in that younger group. I have been through these years. I have experienced what it is like to be that age. And I understand that I had opinions and thoughts and mindsets that I had when I was in my 30s and younger that were just so out there and wrong that I don't want to listen to what they say. I don't want to let their opinions mean anything because I know what my opinions looked like when I was that age. And maybe somebody who has been through a little bit more life understands that it's hard to take uh, that person's opinion because they disagree with themselves entirely. But I want to challenge our 40s and up members tonight. If you look at younger people who are allowing their life to be, as verse 10 would put it, allowing their hope to be set on the living God, and they are beautiful in the way they speak and their conduct and their conduct and the way they love, if they have beautiful faith, if they are pure, if they're devoting themselves to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation and teaching, perhaps they're different than maybe you were when you were younger. What if everything that these 30s and younger members are doing are seeking these things as a main focus in their life? Then, if that's the case, we can look at verse 12 and truly say, if we, could, if we are sitting there and we see these individuals living this out, 
then those who are in that age group can sit there and say, please hear me on this subject matter. I am working so hard to live for Christ. Do not despise me because I am young. I want us to flip the script for just a minute. Those who are 30s and older, those who have been more life, if you see somebody who's living this out, do not despise them in any way. We just heavily challenged our people in the 30s and younger group to say, hey, this conduct of life, live it out. Let it be everything you are. If you're in that older group and you sit there and you look at them and and you are, are frustrated with them for some reason and you don't really know why, don't despise them. Ben spoke about unity this morning and, and did a phenomenal job allowing that to set in on, on what we are trying to do as a church. Jesus' final thoughts as he was going to the cross were about the church and, and their unity together. If I'm somebody who is in this congregation who is in that 40s and up age group, and I am sitting there and I find myself blocking a dedicated biblical, faithful young person from serving in the kingdom because I or you disagree with their style or their lack of tradition, I'm going to challenge that that causes some disunity in the body of Christ. I'm going to say that one more time because I I think that it's, I I think that it it needs to be repeated one more time. If, If you are somebody who's in that 40s and older group who's blocking a dedicated, and hear this word, a dedicated, biblical, faithful young person from serving in the kingdom because you do not like their, their style or their lack of tradition or something else that they do that kind of irritates you, then there is disunity in the body of Christ caused by you. How absolutely discouraging is it for a young person who is in their faith working so hard to live in the spirit, to have, and the, the, every single day they wake up and they, they are there with their family and they're trying to raise their family the best they can and they're, they're living these things out and they show up to worship and they have an older member, a 40s plus member, look at them and, and say, you know what, you can't, you can't say that here. You know what, you can't do, I know it's biblical. I know that there's, there's nothing in scripture that would say anything against this. And I know that the New Testament church probably did it this way, but that's not how we do it here. We're not okay with that. And what's a bummer is that, and I can only speak to the United States because it's where we live and it's what we see. What's a bummer is that I know a lot of people my age and a little bit older than me and a little bit younger than me who have felt this in churches constantly. And what you see, unfortunately, in a lot of parts of different areas of our country is the church is slowly starting to die because those who are 40-plus members have looked at faithful, biblical, young individuals, and they've said, you know what? You don't do it like we did. Get out of here. We don't want you here. And it's almost like you have uh, the body of Christ, and it's like you take the hand and the leg of the body of Christ, and they're chopping off a foot and saying, we don't want that foot anymore. 
get, oh, yeah, yeah, you help us get around places. You work here. You do all these amazing things, but we're not interested in you and what you have to offer here. And I want to throw this out here as well. If there's a younger person or family who isn't living in holiness, who's struggling in this moment, I don't want to set the wrong picture that this is an excuse to despise them either. I was, I was giggling as I thought about this because I'm a little bit of a psychopath sometimes. But like I was thinking about this funny image. Let's just imagine uh, there is a, uh, a new song that they like and you don't like it. And, and songs are just easy, okay? I'm going to throw them out here because it's like the softball example. Um, you're like, I don't like that song. They're like, I like that song. They're over here and they say, I would really like to sing that song. And, and, you're, and, and the 40s plus member says, I don't want to sing that song. And you sit here and there's, there's definitely this, this uh, like disagreement on if we should sing that song. Um, and then you look up and, uh-oh, you caught them. They were at a National Predators game yelling at the referee, bad conduct. Well, what an opportunity. Ha-ha, <laughs> I get to despise them for their youth. Because they have bad conduct, they're not being faithful in every instance of their life. What an opportunity. And you celebrate, we don't have to sing that song. There's bad conduct there. I get to despise them for their youth. That doesn't make any sense. It's a ridiculous concept. As a matter of fact, what it is, is it's an opportunity to teach and educate. Hey, instead of me totally destroying you and, and, and slamming you into the ground and saying, your spirituality is dead to me. You, and that's also a ridiculous idea that anyone would do that. But instead of sitting there and shutting someone out completely, looking at them and saying, what I want to do is teach you on this topic. I want to educate you on this so that you can be an active worker in the body that instead of despising that individual, hopefully soon you can get them to a point where they're living a life where this in the right con well, I don't have it up there anymore, but them in the right context in the right context can no longer be despised for their youth. So here's the deal tonight. Younger members, 30s and younger. That's young families, youth group, kids who are around tonight. Let this list of righteousness, and if we had time, we could have gone all the way back to verse 6 and worked our way all the way through. Let this kind of list of righteousness, of a life that, that is, is so beautifully striving for hope in Christ, drive me to live in the Spirit. Get me to a place where, okay, I so badly want to be an individual who's living in the Spirit every single day. And those who are in their 40s and older, we're just basing this off Timothy's age. Those who are in their 40s and older, don't even consider disregarding or despising young members who are dedicated, faithful, biblical members. Because what will happen is you will play a part in destroying their desire to live in the Spirit. So tonight I challenge us. Let us be unified as one. We talked about unity a lot this morning. Tonight let us be unified as one, pushing each other together to live in the unity of, the, of our Savior, living for Jesus, seeking holiness together, and, and not despising each other just because of generational differences. I challenge us to let ourselves be unified in this way tonight. Tonight, if you feel like you have been disunified from the body because you have been a young person who's not seeking the hope of Christ, 
not seeking the gospel, or if you feel like you've been an older member, destroying the spirit of a younger member who has really been living in the beautiful hope of the gospel. Um, We would love to pray with you tonight. Uh, If you need prayers in general or would like to put on Christ in baptism, if you need to confess anything tonight, we would love to pray with you tonight. If there's anything we can do, please come as we stand, as we sing.